0: This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, or otherwise, does not necessarily constitute or imply endorsement of anyone that I am employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Tim State in the Obvious. In the last episode, we talked about the Deloitte Gen Z and Millennial Survey Report of 2023 and about their financial concerns according to this report. Before we get into the next topic, I wanted to let you guys know about my website, which I'm pretty excited about which is TimStatingTheObvious.com. On there, we have uh, what the show is about. And if you're new listening to this show, this is a great place to start if you want to know what the show is about and how I want to raise awareness on leadership and leadership topics. We have a blog post every other week and a recommended uh, professional reading list. And from there, you can actually click on the book uh, so you see what it looks like, a synopsis of the book. If you want to buy the book, there's a little link you can click on that. It takes you to Amazon and you, you can buy the book from there. So I just wanted to take a quick moment and share that with you, but I digress. In this episode, we're going to talk about the role of Gen Z and Millennials and what they think about their role of work. I'm going to start right off by saying that according to this report, work is, a key, is key to the identity for these folks. However, developing and achieving balance is what is the most important to them. When completing the survey, the following are the most important to their sense of identity. And that is the first one, is friends and family Uh, that still remains the number one for them with 64 to 70% on their importance of their identity. And then work is number two with 49 to 62% saying that this makes up their identity. Hobbies are about 30%. Playing or listening to music is 15 to 24%. I thought that was a little low. I thought it would be a little bit higher. Um, actually, I thought it would be higher than hobbies. And then lastly, exercise. 23 to 25% say that exercise makes up their identity, which I think is pretty awesome. With these numbers, it's clear to see that these generations are working towards greater work-life balance. This generation prides itself in their ability to balance a lot of different priorities with work-life balance. I know this may be a little bit controversial, but let's talk about how well we are balancing these priorities. You know the phrase, uh, Jack of all trades, but master of none. Well, that's kind of this generation, but we have to use the full phrase, though. A Jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So I think this really sums up this generation a lot. You either love them or you just focus on the first half of the phrase and you love them for the entire phrase, you know? So basically it's, this is what I mean by this. This generation is working hard to make a living to keep up with inflation. As we talked about in the last episode, this generation is working two full-time jobs or a full-time job and a part-time job and or a side hustle. This means that they have... To conserve energy at work, and this is where the term "quiet quitting" comes from, right? And I saw a video the other day, and the person said, "Oh, honey, why are you working so hard and still making the same as everybody else? Just act your wage." And I had mixed feelings about this. You know, why do you have to discourage other people from working hard just to make yourself look better or feel better about yourself? You know, then on the other hand. Uh, when I was going through college, I worked two full-time summer jobs and I worked also throughout college uh, two jobs as well. And I worked at a quick serve restaurant during the day, you know eight to ten hours a day and then at night I worked for an inventory company and it it sucked. but I found myself towards the middle towards you know the middle to end of the summer uh, dragging and lacking energy and not working as hard as I was before. And sometimes my managers would say something to me like, hey, what's going on? And I would say, hey, I'm sorry, You know, I just got this one job, I'm a little bit tired, I'm a little bit slow. And the only answer I'd get is, I know it's a lot, but you can either put forth the effort or quit. You don't have to work two jobs. I only care about this job, I don't care about your other job. And it's not fair to everybody else who's coming in and putting forth the effort and you're not putting forth the same effort as everybody else. And you know what? They were right. However, this generation has taken the I'm going to do the bare minimum at all jobs because how else am I going to get through this? You know, I only did that uh, for a short period of time, you know, like three, four years. It wasn't very long. Uh, But, you know, I I gave it everything I had because I had to get through college. Right. I had to make money to pay through college and college is expensive. And I did what I had to do, but it was only for a short term. This generation is having to do that even after college or even after uh, longer than you know, five, six, seven, eight years having to do this. And, you know, I don't know how long I would be able to upkeep that if I had to. For a long period of time working, you know, two two jobs, 10 hour days, which gives me 20 hours of work, four hours of sleep, uh, plus family time and anything else. I don't know how I would be able to manage the energy to put forth the amount that people were demanding. And and so I think that they get a bad rap with uh, the quiet quitting. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people out there who don't work two jobs and they're still quiet quitting and they really don't do much. Uh, You should focus on those people to get them into the thriving zone, like what motivates them to move up and out. But it's really, you know, a double-edged sword Uh, when when we talk about this. You know, they can, this generation can do a lot. They can learn a lot and do almost anything. Uh, But they're a mile wide and only an inch deep in knowledge. Except for those who are in the workplace thriving category. And then they're the opposite. You know, they're like a mile deep. And they're not very broad or, or wide in their knowledge of other things. So understanding your people is critical to job retention and job recruitment. And I'm going to say that if you're not talking to your people and seeking understanding and seeing them for where they are, or even ask them, hey, are you working multiple jobs? Are you working one job? You know, talk to them as people because put yourself in their shoes, put yourself in another person's shoes. If you were working two jobs, you know, how much effort would you really be able to give if this was, if you're giving it 120% and this is the only thing that you're doing and another person's probably given 120% while they're at work of what they have to give of an already half empty tank. The two are not equal. So kind of put yourself in that that shoes, okay? Kind of take a look at that. And, and don't hold it against them if they are working multiple jobs. They're trying to make their lives better. They're trying to better themselves. And they're trying to better their families. And they're trying to set themselves up for success. And so have some empathy with that. See what you can do to help motivate them out of the quiet quitting space, if you find them there, and into the thriving, thriving realm of what you're looking for without breaking them. When you ask this generation about who their peers uh, they most admire, like what are their quality and traits that they admire in others, the top five things that impress this generation group the most are their ability to maintain a positive work-life balance, the ability to live their life on their own terms and not necessarily live up to societal expectations, ambition to continue to learn new skills. This generation has a strong growth mindset and the willingness to continuously reinvent themselves big changes in their lives. For example, change jobs, go back to schools, change profession, start a hobby, do travel, you know, to an exotic and foreign land that they've never been to before. And then lastly, their passion for work. Right? That's kind of what, what impresses them the most. And this goes back to the work life balance. Now, as we talked in the last episode, their pessimistic views are not about if they're going to make it and have financial issues. They relate it to how the worsening economic conditions may set them back on their work-life balance. With the improvement of hybrid and remote work patterns, these generations about 61 to 55% have moved to that since uh, post-COVID. And even though remote work and hybrid work is more common than it was a few years ago, the gap between those who engage in hybrid and r- remote working versus those who d- go to traditional brick and mortar, it's still growing. But the big The big but here, right? The big thing that the however is that, you know, companies and organizations are calling people back to work and I don't necessarily think it's a wrong thing. I don't necessarily think it's a right thing. And I'm not trying to be argumentative with that. I think it really depends on each Businesses' situation and really what they're getting after with that because this generation is saying hey you know you you wanted me to come back to to work in a brick and mortar building i had a great work life balance now you're infringing upon that now i don't know if i want to work for you i'm okay with not making some money for a little bit because i can hustle somewhere else make up the difference and still have work-life balance and because 75 to 77 percent surveyed stated that if they are currently working in a hybrid remote job, if they were asked to go back, they would consider looking for a new job. And one in six stated that they would look immediately for a new job if this happened to them. Like if you told them tomorrow, hey, I need you to come in to work Monday through Friday, nine to five. One in six would say, nope, I'm looking for a new job. I'll be there, but I'm looking for a new job. And they probably won't even tell you about it until they find a new job and then they're gone. So you're losing talent, something to think about. And this is very telling about what they value. We have to be realistic about this. Not all jobs can be remote or hybrid. Also, not every job needs to have people at work to do what you're asking them to do. You can say that they're trying to reestablish their company culture. While I'll offer up, you can still have a company culture without being in a brick and mortar building. Get after, you know, making a better vision and organizational core values so everyone can live them and you can emulate them. And That way it's more evident you're actually creating a culture instead of just saying, come back to the office so we can keep an eye on you. uh, I think that's really what it's kind of getting after. Or we can beat people down into submission and then we can have a horrible work environment and we can, or we can seek a common ground and how we can get after this and get better. So with remote work and hybrid work, there has always been a consistent increase in always-on workplaces. Now, I will say that millennials are worse with always-on than Gen Z's are, meaning they rated higher with responding to work emails or messages outside of the normal working hours. I know I have always been in a career where this is the norm. I do my best to not perpetuate that culture with people that are on my teams. For me, it's because you know I feel like I need to stay up to date of what's going on with development and projects, um, with different things that are coming down the pipe, and I need to know what's going on. I also work with people in multiple time zones across the globe, and so it may be required that I have to work later or get up super early to talk to different people on opposite parts of the world. It's just the way the time works. So yeah, um, I would say the other last thing is, is that some of your bosses ex- expect it. You know, I I expected that uh, if my boss emailed me at 11 o'clock at night, he wanted an answer that because it was that important for him to write down and send it to me. So it's that important for me to have to respond back to him or her. Even if it was at eleven o'clock at night, and you know sometimes people wanted it within one hour, so it's like okay, you sent it to me at eleven, that means you want it by midnight. And so now what I do is I actually have a conversation, not initially, but you know once you get to learn your bosses and figure them out, is hey, you know if you're emailing me outside of the normal working hours, what is your expectation to respond back? What do you what do you really want? Like and oh by the way. If it's super important, can you let me know it's important so that way I know I need to respond back immediately? Otherwise, I'm probably going to put it in the other the other bin. And I actually had mixed levels uh, of response and re- uh, reciprocity uh, from my bosses on that. Some some bosses I've had who are like, I can't believe you're even asking me this question. If I email you, I want a response immediately. Some of them are like, oh, yeah, you know, I never thought about that. Let me let me take a look at that and I'll let you know I that's something I need to think about. I never even thought about it. And since I started having conversations like this, my stress levels have decreased when I, you know, get a note late at night. And I'm like, okay, he just, he had to get it off their chest or she had to get it off their chest and just had to let me know about it. Nothing I need to respond to right now. So having those conversations are helpful. With this, we need to work on reducing the number of messages that are being done outside of work at the appropriate levels, right? So with me, I say I do not perpetuate that down to the people that I work with all my teams. If you're on vacation, I don't email you. I don't text you. I don't call you. You're on vacation. Now, I caveat that with by telling everybody, make sure you have everything done to the point that you need to be before you go. So that way you don't put anybody else behind. Because if you do that, I will call you on your time because you're setting everybody else up for failure. It's not that I'm infringing upon your time. It's because you chose not to be a team player and other people are suffering because you're out. So don't make me have to do that to you so that's what i mean by we need to not perpetuate that and what i do right is even though i may be coordinating and talking to people at different times of the day outside of the normal hour that's because it's required at the appropriate level that you work at but it's not required of everybody on my team it's just required of me so i'm not going to perpetuate that if there's something that i need to get down what i will do though is i will write an email i'll save it as a draft with the send option uh to send during a normal duty hour so it'll be like the first email that goes out like at nine o'clock in the morning it'll just automatically hit their inbox with the idea that i had i don't know like at a 10 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, something that needed to get done, something I knew if I didn't write down, I would forget about it. So I wrote in an email, saved it as a draft to send off at 9 a.m., and now I'm not stressing people out. And now it's, hey, duty day started, bam, you know, you're on the clock. Here's your email. I, I kind of need this from you. And I'm not infringing upon their time. And I'm not stressing them out either because, believe it or not, people get stressed out about this stuff. And it's crazy. I And I, and I know I used to get stressed out about it a lot. But now we can just kind of not perpetuate that. There's no reason to always be on. Some jobs, yes, but not every job. So just kind of take a look at that. So even with all of this, Gen Z's and millennials are saying with metrics that work options, uh, are being provided are relatively close to what they'd expect and prefer. There's only a 3 to 5% difference of what's being offered and what they expect from their employer. So there's congruency there, right? So so employers are offering what uh they think the 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 workforce wants and the workforce is responding with yeah, you're pretty close, but you're not there, but you're pretty close. With all of this knowledge it still comes down to this do you understand your people do you understand what drives and motivates them so you can increase employee engagement and retention you cannot make everyone and you cannot operate to please people either that will not work what you can do is talk to your people understand what they look forward to on the weekend or during vacations ask them hey what is one thing that you would buy today if money wasn't an option that gives you a clue of of where their mind is at or what they're looking at also gives you a clue of what you could do and offer as a bonus of some sort if you have that opportunity uh, to do that and you may be surprised by some people's responses you know maybe some people are like hey I just need some more I just need some more time so I could take care of my folks or hey i need some more time so I could take care of my family and then maybe that could lead to some t- type of benefit that you could offer. You know, we talked about other episode about core values, you know, they're taking care of the elderly. Maybe they're saying, I need some help with, you know, taking care of my elderly parents or grandparents. And that could be a benefit that you could offer to to the workforce. And then they go, oh, you know what? I'm staying, you know, they, they care about what I care about. Yo, I'm staying, you know, just something to think about. And again, I said this several episodes and I go back and I'm going to say it again, because I think it's really important. Seek and reach people where they are and stop telling them that they're the problem seek common ground where you can find it for mutual benefit and understanding so instead of you know always telling this generation hey you're the problem you're the problem you're the problem let's integrate these folks into the fold and how we can tap into their undeveloped talent and their outlook and their perspectives because there is gold there and if you tap into that you're going to find yourself at a more competitive advantage than other people uh, because you're you're integrating their thoughts and their ideas and their values and it's coming out and it's evident so i'm just going to leave you with that as always thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it before we go i'd like to ask a favor of you if i could if you could please share this episode with one or two other people who you think might like this topic and just haven't found the show yet if you haven't followed or subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on please hit those icons smash them hit them do whatever you gotta do to make them uh turn different colors on your screen or on your phone because especially the alert one i don't want to waste your time you coming back and checking, is there a new episode, is there not, if you've watched all other four seasons and you're current up to date, I don't want to waste your time. So hit that icon. So that way, you know, I can let you know when we're there. And if you got some value out of this episode, you know, please leave a review or a comment so we can help spread the show with other people who might be interested in this topic that they just haven't found the show yet. Again, I want to thank you for stopping by and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. I'm Tim Staten, Stating the Obvious.